Yeah, yeah. NBA Australia, how are you going? This is NBA Australia. It's Tuesday, February 1st. Pinching a punch for the first day of the month. And Joe Ingles is out for the season. And everything sucks! Oh, God. Anyway, I am your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For whomst ever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Here, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season. While repping Straya. We're down a couple of blokes. I don't like that. Anyway, uh, we don't take things too seriously around here. But we do take jingles very seriously, I'll tell you that much. Uh, so the Joe Ingles confirmed ACL tear out until next season. We've got some CJ McCollum rumours. We've got Daryl Morey apparently tampering with James Harden. Oh, that's a bit sus. Uh, we've got all of today's games in the NBA Australia game wraps. We've got a juicy slab. If that's not a knife, all made no made spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got some yeah, Nas. Some corkers in there, actually. Uh, the unpopular opinion of the day in our back take house, where we're serving up a flame girl take. There's the Australian player watch, Josh Giddy. Just joined a very exclusive list as of today. Uh, we've got a Shane Hill shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award, and the NBA Australia game previews and picks for tomorrow. And Tuesdays usually when we'd have a Jingles HR. But out of respect for the great man, we might save that for next week. What do you reckon? Sound good? All right. Either way, let's get stuck in episode 748 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, you better. Or you better watch out for the sadness attack today, wasn't it? As soon as we got the Jingles ACL news that he's out for at least the rest of this season, into next season probably, uh, I'll tell you what. I don't know if there's been a bigger outpouring of uh, sort of sadness for one particular NBA player that I can remember, especially not an Australian. So, tough scenes. Let's start there with the uh, daily whip around. So we start every show here. Joe Ingles, the ACL, done. Uh, as reported today by ESPN and the Utah Yaz. Uh, the slight upside, though, is that there's no other structural damage. So, kind of crucial that uh, it looked that bad when he goes on that left knee and it sort of collapses sideways and you're like, oh, God, this is horrifying, that you do worry about it being an MCL or just something fucky, right? Like with the kneecap, especially with the lateral movement in it, you're like, oh, God, that's horrifying. But if there's no other structural damage, it's kind of like, you know, small mercies kind of vibe, I guess. And you do go, well, in terms of the rehab, it makes it a little bit easier if you're only having to rehab just the ACL from all reports. Uh, there was the extra sort of addendum to the story that uh, Jingles has got to get out there and get a range of motion back in his knee before the surgery, so that could take a couple of weeks. Uh, but look, timeline, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, the recovery return to play will certainly extend into the 2022-23 season. And of course, Jingles is in the final year of his uh, contract at the moment. And I think that's where a lot of this sort of uh, sadness uh, just the really crappy vibes from it all is like, yeah, Jingles is beloved by all his teammates, current and past. And the 34-year-old aspect of this, the timing of it, it just sucks all around, doesn't it? And you're like, God damn it, man. 
But I mean, I remain optimistic. I know, like, Jingles is a fucking legend. We all know that. And it's not like he relies on his athleticism. He relies on his smarts, his guile, that Adelaide street toughness. Anyway, uh, so look, my fingers crossed that he'll be back in the NBA next year. Hopefully with the Yaz. We'll talk about that a bit later in year Nas as well. But yeah, Jingles, ACL confirmed. That stinks. Everything sucks. The NBA is better when Joe Ingles is playing. It's as simple as that. And for an Iron Man as well, of his stature, who barely has missed games in like the last eight years, to cop one major injury like this just really sucks. Anyway, I'll tell you what, I did love the George Nyang, you know, posts and all of his teammates and stuff, just really the heartfelt sort of tributes. It was like, just sort of shows you how like beloved he is. Anyway, other news, CJ McCollum, there was a big piece uh, on Bleacher Report, uh, sort of detailing some uh, trade chatter. And the CJ McCollum one, the most interesting part of this was the Pelicans are very, 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 very clearly in the CJ McCollum business. Uh, basically, they're trying to figure out, look, we've got Zion. He hasn't played this year because he's got a fucked foot and he's the size of a Mack truck. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? He's also eligible for his big rookie extension, of course. So you got to try to... Con- this is the old LeBron corollary. you got to convince him that year in, year out, stay... My side of this is that Zion, what's he done to prove to you that you need to drop everything to convince him to stay? <laughs> I'd fucking trade him now to New York and see what you can get out of him. Uh, but either way, look, the Pelicans instead are like, nah, what we really need is a 30-year-old shooting guard who's on the smaller side, can't really guard too many folks, is a legend and we love him. But uh, yeah, we should definitely get him to back up Zion and Spindles Ingram. Tricky one. Look, this is the thing is they've got a $17.1 million trade exception to the Pals for the uh, Stephen Adams one. They've got a couple of first-rounders, obviously, from the Giroux, Holiday, and Anthony Davis deals. Uh, the really tricky part of the McCollum thing for the Pelicans is actually matching salary. And this is like one of those classic things where you know that the NBA brought in like the salary-matching vibe when it came to trades to sort of avoid fucky trades of like, ah, oh, we'll trade you this guy for the really good guy, and it's a bit of a wink-wink fuck you deal. They did that back when everyone, well, you know, there was like three smart folks and a bunch of fucking dummies running the NBA. Now it's a bunch of fucking nerds, and everybody has to stay within, like, you know, a specific percentage of uh, the total money deal dealt out and brought back in, etc., and you've got all the, uh, the cap space and room problems throwing in for trades as well. So this is where the Pelicans kind of get stuck. They've got like, you know, Josh Hart, Devontae Graham, Jonas Valanciunas. Like there's those sorts of dudes that they probably want to keep even if they get CJ McCollum. And otherwise they can't really match the salary. It's really fucked. So it's a pretty tough one that the Pelicans are in there. But look, CJ, look, I'll talk about this again later, but at least there's sort of like the latest news on that. And speaking of the Blazers, Dame, uh, there was a big piece, so in this big Bleacher Report piece by Eric Pinkers, uh, talking about how everyone expects Portland to extend Dame Lillard for another couple of seasons, around 100 mil. But if it gets all a bit weird and a bit shitty, the Knicks. The Knicks might be where Dame wants to go instead of the Sixers, which is pretty cool and pretty funny. <laughs> because Dame would end up in, the fucking, in New York going, oh, great, this is awesome, and then have as much team success as he's had in Portland. 
Uh, but then Pincus also adds that other teams are concerned that the uh, Daryl Morey is tampering with James Harden the way he believed, or the way that they think he sort of tampered with the uh, Chris Paul deal, where it's like, gee, who knew that Chris Paul would have been so keen to opt out of his current deal with the Clippers and then happily sign a new contract <laughs> with Houston? And here we are. Uh, German Rondo in Venezuela. Apparently Boston are basically done skis with him. They're like, yep. We don't want to take any salary back. He's giving us fucking nothing anyway. Uh, so we're going to get rid of his uh, the mid-level exception, the 5.9 mil. We don't want to pay that. It's going to hurt us. <laughs> so see you on your bike, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. And no other real Ben Simmons news beyond, like, the simple fact that, like, the Kings, as we mentioned yesterday, are kind of out in the Simmons swoopstokes, also they say for now. Uh just feels like, yeah, without too many buyers out there because Ben Simmons in his infinite wisdom has decided to be a fucking giant sookie la-la and not play this year, his trade value has plummeted. If he was playing, people would be like, fuck yes, let's get me some Ben Simmons on my team. But he hasn't played, so the lasting memory is him shitting the bed in the playoffs and running away from an open dunk. And here we are. In a surprise twist, nobody wants that guy. (laughs) So... Yeah, good times. NBA Players of the Week are announced. Chris Paul out there in the West and Joel Embiid in the East. No surprises there. Embiid has been all forkward and boost. He's probably going to win Player of the Month as well as of tomorrow. So, I mean, all he did was kick ass and take names. Uh, He rested today as well. So, anyway, speaking of which, let's get into the game wraps because there was a few. So, let's fly through these. Game wraps, 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 game wraps. And the game wraps from today, we had nine, I think it was. Was it nine games? It sounds about right. The Pelicans almost beat the Cavs, but then they didn't because Cleveland, Cleveland came back and won this one. No Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. He had a sore lower back uh, from carrying this team, clearly. Uh, Spindles, he was still out with his ankle as well. So old Brandon Spindles Ingram. The Pels started over 12 from three in this game, but they controlled it somehow because my name is Jonas was doing good stuff. Devontae Graham was pretty handy. Jackson Hayes was doing work, too. In the fun. It was a really fun game. They're up nine in the fourth quarter with the Pelicans. Like, the Cavs will get fight back all the way through this game, uh, get a lead, then the Pelicans are reeling back up, uh, reeling back in and go back up. And, look, they were still up two with a minute, 30 to go. Jarrett go the throw Allen just hammers in a, like, massive dunk. Tied game. And then right towards the end, Isaac Okoro sort of cuts off the uh, passing lanes on the inbounds. Jonas Valanciunas is kind of like, oh, I'll drive. And uh, try to get us, you know, ahead. We'll see how we go. And there's like, you're driving into a giant, like, array of calves. <laughs> like, you've got Mobley, you've got Allen, Lamar Stevens gets the rebound, and it all just goes a bit fucky on Jonas. He hits one of his two free throws, the game's over. Tough one for the pals. I mean, they're on a back-to-back. Uh, I mean, actually, no, they weren't. They're on a back-to-back as of tomorrow, sorry. Um because they do play Detroit. So, a bit of a tough one. Devontae Graham, 20-4 and four for him, four assists. Jonas, 16-9-4 and four with a couple of blocks. Jackson Hayes, though, was pretty handy, even though he was arraigned on 12 charges, like, last week, and it seems weird that he's just, like, out there doing his job. Anyway, 19 points, seven boards, three blocks. But that was a problem. Like, Herb, he couldn't hit anything. Josh Hart was quiet. Nicky Alexander-Walker had eight points on nine shots. Just not enough. Uh, for the Cavs, go the throw, Jared Allen, two blocks, 16 points, eight rebounds, crushing it. God, he was good late, too. Isaac Kokora stepped up big time. 14 points on five shots. Hit him 14 points on five shots. Seriously, it was incredible. Four of five from the floor. Two of two from downtown. Four of four at the free throw line. And played some wicked good defense. Seven points, 12 assists for point Chetty Osman. I love it. Chetty the Jedi. 
Jedi the Jedi, three of 16 from the floor, though. <laughs> so he's passing the ball well, couldn't shoot it for shit. Oh, of seven from downtown. Kevin Love had 15, 11. I'll tell you what, the Cavs were saved by Brandon Goodwin, though. It was a good win, after all. 21 points in a career high. New Orleans dropped to 18 and 32. Cleveland. Cleveland. 31 and 20. The Clippers. They lost in Indy. No, oh, it's a tough loss for the Clips. Even without poor George, even without Kawaii. <laughs> Indy don't have like anyone. Like they've got my sweet baby carrots Levert and that's it. Uh, no Suvlaki no King. He's now on the COVID list. Tomatoes Sabonis. Uh, no Malcolm Brogdon. No, obviously, Miles Turner. Bang, their D just got torn apart, the Clippers. They've been really good on defense for like the last couple of months. And Indy was sort of just doing what they wanted. Clips did rip off like a 14-5 run late in the third. And uh, boom, like Batum hits a couple of threes. They get up four points early in the fourth quarter. But the paces, off they go. Dwayne Washington. Duane uh Hits three straight threes. Ends up hitting four threes in the fourth quarter. They get the lead back and they run away with it. The paces. What a world. Juzzy Holiday doing work. My sweet baby carrots Levert. Uh, so Amir Coffey, he is a dude. I'm loving the Amir Coffey experience this year. 27-5-4 for him. He went 5-9 of nine from downtown in Indy. God damn, they found a guy. Reggie Jackson at 21-5. 14-11 for Suj. Ibaka. Uh, nine points on horrible shooting for Mook Morris. We'll talk about him later. Uh, Batum hit four threes for his 13 points. And, uh, I mean, obviously put them ahead, but just wasn't enough. The Pacers, they shot over 52%. They nailed 14 of 29 from three. Now, I'm no math magician, but 14 of 29 from downtown is fucking good. Isaiah Jackson, he was awesome. 26 and 10 uh, for the Rook. Rookie? I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, But he was... Amazing. 26 and 10. That is just absolutely awesome. Like, what a legend. He just goes out, kicks some ass, takes some names. And yeah, he was drafted in the 2021 draft, number number 22. He was really bloody good. Uh, Karras, he had 17, 7 and 9. Uh, 16, 4 and 4 off the bench for Dwayne, as mentioned, 4 of 7 from downtown. Terry Taylor had 15 points as well. Uh, that feels like a made-up 2K character. I do love that. Clippers, 26 and 27. Indy, 19 and 33. Then the absolute ball terror game today. We had Tyrese Maxey and Ja Morant going hammer and tongs. Philly beat the Grizzlies, 122-119 in overtime. Joel Embiid sits out. Maxey is awesome filling in. He and Ja go toe-to-toe, and we are the winners. He had 16 points in the first half to Tyrese Maxey, 18 for Tobias the Never Nude Harris. They're up 17 in the second quarter, but boom, Morant and Triple J were also cruising along for Memphis. So uh, the Sixers still led in the second quarter because Isaiah Joe hit a couple of threes, but it was only a five-point margin going into the second half. And the Sixers sort of kept their noses in it and in front of it for most, but bang, like the Grizzlies kicked it up a notch, and that's what's so fucking terrifying about the Grizzlies. They just have, like, what, a top three backcourt in the NBA at the moment because of Desmond Boone. He was awesome. Jar doing great stuff. And they were getting big buckets down the stretch. And they get up. They got up. Maxi misses a free throw. Uh, the Sixers, though, they stay up two because uh, Maxi and Harris get some nice... There's actually a really good dump off to Andre Drummond in there as well. And I'll tell you what. Jar goes, right, fuck it. I better tie this game. Goes into the teeth of the Philly D. Gets an and one. But he misses the free throw. And right at the end, Seth Curry goes a length of the floor. Misses the game winner. 
Uh, Doc had just used his challenge on like an Andre Drummond like blocking foul call, uh, which was some dumb, weird bullshit. It's like, yeah, there wasn't a giant amount of time left, so Doc's like, oh, I'll just use my challenge anyway. It wasn't the final play of the game, however, and had Doc challenged, there might have been a foul on Seth Curry. But either way, the overtime, back and forth, Jar gets him up. Uh, the Grizzlies looking good, and then it's pulled back by Philly, and it's the last minute. It's maxi time. He scored four straight in the last 30 seconds. Uh, some really good defense, actually, by the Sixers. Kept them sort of wrapped up a little, a bit scrambly for the Grizzlies. And boom, they get this steal. A save from out of bounds by Matty T. Aussie Matty T, Matisse Tybel. The leak out by Maxi. The pass. Unbelievable. Maxi goes up. Having driven in the teeth of the defense, the possession before to get them the lead, he seals the win. Amazing. Great game. The problem is, though, this is the thing with the Grizz. So they go 6 of 30 from downtown. It's pretty tough, right? Like, if Desmond Boone isn't, he went 5 of 9 from 3. So you can do the maths, right? That's 1 of 21 from everybody else on the Grizzlies roster. I know that they don't have Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I know they don't have slow-mo at the moment. But, jeez, that's some horrible three-point shooting. Uh, Triple J, he goes 1 of 5, 0 of 5 for Jar. But Jar had 37 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 9 turnovers. But still, 15 to 30 from the floor. Bain had 34. He was bloody awesome. 18 and 7 for Triple J. And Stephen Adams Brew, he had 7 points, 12 rebounds, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. The big Kiwi, crushing it. Going up against Andre Drummond. Uh, Maxi had 33. He was awesome. He had eight assists, four blocks. He was just doing everything. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is like if you're a Philly fan, the Ben Simmons saga is only, only barely fucking okay in your brain because Tyrese Maxi is a gun. Uh, Tobias Harris is 31, 5, and 5. Classic Tobias Harris. One of the quietest 31 points you'll see. Oh, man, I had 18 in the first half. Can you get us 40, Tobias? 31 it is. Uh, Andre Drummond, though, he was great. 16 points, 23 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. But that was a great game. 16, 23, 5, 2, and 3. Yeesh. Uh, 10 points for Isaiah Joe. 8 each for uh, Danny Green and George Niang. Steph. Ah, Steph. Seth Curry, on a day where his brother went off, couldn't hit a shot. He had 9 points on 4 of 15. He goes 1 of 8 from 3. Either way... That's a big win for Philly. 31 and 19 now. Memphis at 35 and 18. Boston kicked the shit out of Miami. 122-92. No butts, no Lowry, no PJ, and Miami got smashed. Smashed them early. They're up 13 after the first quarter. Jalen Brown was doing stuff like that. He came back a bit in that second quarter. Got it within five, but a couple of big buckets in at the half. Like Marcus Smart doing damage. Meant they're up nine at the half, and then they ran away with it from there. Third quarter from Jalen Brown. Tatum got a bit of a move on. Up 24 points going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Boston smashed him. That's the team that you expect from Boston sometimes. Just doesn't happen that often. <laughs> They're on a bit of a nice run, though, at the moment. The Heat, look, they shot 39%. They had 18 turnovers. Just brutal. Struess, he went 9 of 17 from 3. He had 27 points. Bam! Had 12, 5, and 5. But everybody else sucked. Like, Tara, Tyler, there goes my hero. Had 5 of 18 shooting. Duncan Robinson had 2 of 8, all of which were from 3. Hero had 13. Dunkey ends up with 6. Just brutal scenes for the Heat. The Celtics, uh, they went 16 to 42 from 3. That's pretty bloody good. 29, uh, 4, 2, and 2 for Jalen Brown. 20, 12, and 5 for Jason Tatum. Even smart. Look, he went 4 of 7 from downtown. Looking good. 16.7 assists. Average Al Horford, 14 and 9. 
Josh Richardson against one of his old teams. Loves that. 11 points, shot 5 of 8. Uh, funny to see Dennis Schroeder sucking. It's one of three shooting in 17 minutes. He was a minus 7, was Dennis Schroeder. In a game, they won by 30. I am German Rondo. I am very bad. Uh, 32 and 19 now for Miami. Boston back up to 27 and 25. Another smashing this time in New York. This was a 20-point win for the Knicks. 116-96 over the Kings. Uh, the Kings were shit. They never got close. This was like 54-41 of the half. Blow up the Kings. Oh, no, nah, we're out of the Ben Simmons like sweepstakes because we think we should build around this uh, This core. Is what we're... You just got beat by 20 by the Knicks. Halliburton had 21-8, and 18-6 and six for Davion Mitchell. Everyone else is bad. Buddy Hield has 4 of 13 shooting for 11 points. 3 of 12 from Harrison Barnes. Oh, no, 3 of 12 for Buddy Hield from downtown. Harrison Barnes only had 11 points. 50% shooting for the Knicks. Randall had 17-9 and, uh, and 4. Uh, and was good. He had a bit of wiggle. I kind of enjoyed it, especially with a day where RJ Barrett was uh, struggling. He went 4 of 14 for 11 points. Fournier got off to a good start, too. He had 18, hit four threes. Burks, though, was the big winner for the Knicks. He finally got hot again after weeks of just sort of being uh, a bit ice cold. I'll tell you that much. 21-5-4. He goes 4 of 6 from 3. He crushed it. And so did Q Grimes. And ain't no stopping. OB topping. 14 points each for the young bloods. You love to see that. Uh, love to see Kemba playing 17 minutes and going over 2 for 0 points. Play more Q Grimes. Get me some RJ Barrett. Get me some Cam Reddish. We'll see what happens. Either way, Sacramento 18 and 34. Big win for the Knicks. They're 24 and 27 now. Toronto held on to beat Atlanta 106 100. No Trey Young. Uh, that killed me as well. Uh, I had picked the Hawks yesterday. And had I have known there was no Trey, I'm like, well, there's no chance they win that. But either way, especially the Hawks at home, considering they barely win. Uh, crazy game, though. The Hawks got up big in the second quarter. The Raptors smashed them in the third. And then the Hawks kept it close all the way while Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. was going off. And then a big three from OG, the OG Ananobi, with 20 seconds left. Puts them back up four. Raptors get a big win. Uh, even with some missed free throws there at the end, which is a bit hairy. Uh, but the Hawks hold on. Kevin Huerta. Huerta. 26 points. 9 of 12 from the floor for Kevin, the ginger ninja. 5 of 6 from downtown. DeAndre Hanna had 17. Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench. 18, 5 and 4. 4 of 11 from 3. He just need a little bit more without uh, Trey there from Boggy. Uh, John Collins. Oh, no, John. What did you do, mate? Oh, he just went and did it. He did the damn thing. Chill. Yeah, John Collins with the uh, three eleven shooting for uh, not a great game, I'll tell you that much, because ends up with, what, 6.7 rebounds. 0-4 from downtown. John Collins, that's a pretty bad cocktail. But that's the thing. Toronto have got that weird size on the uh, perimeter between Siakam, uh, VOG Ananobi, even like Fred Van Vliet, just a tank. And, yeah, John Collins couldn't do much. Like, some of the threes that he missed, you're like, God damn, that wasn't even close. Anyway... He was bad. Lou Williams had 7-6. and six. Just not enough there for the Hawks. It was weird. Uh, of course, the Raptors hit 18-36 from downtown. Again, I'm no math scientist, but 18-36 seems pretty good. Gary goes for 31. He's going to pop up again later. Pascal Sikkim-Siakam continuing his very nice run of late. 9-17 shooting, 25 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Fred Van Vliet of the fight, and Van Vliet goes for 16-6-11. He shot 6 of 20, but he did go 4 of 10 from downtown. 15 for the OG, including that big three late. And Scotty Barnes, three blocks, 7.6 rebounds, crushed it. 
Atlanta, their win streaks over there now, 24 and 26. Toronto, 25 and 23. Then the last two games, OKC kicked the shit out of Portland. What? 98-81. Yep. Portland scored 81 points against OKC. Pack her up, boys. You're all traded. Seriously, this game was bad. It was like 47-39 of the half. Like, the Blazers were winning, and then they weren't. They had a 16-point and then a 14-point quarter. And the Thunder, without Shy Redder, Gilgis Alexander, just strangulated them. Dort was crushing him. Giddy looked awesome. Trey Mann was knocking him. Baisley was awesome. And the Blazers were just, ugh, brutal. Like, Simons couldn't hit the side of an Oklahoma barn. He went 3 of 16, 2 of 12 from downtown. CJ McCollum had 21 and 7. Nice. Nurk goes 14 and 9. Noom! Powell goes for 17. But the Thunder, they shot 40% and won. Because they went to the free throw line a shit ton more. 16 of 17 from the free throw line. Giddy has 14, 12, and 4. Lugans, Dort! I need more Dort license plates. 18, 6, 3, and 3. He was everywhere. Trey Mann goes for 13. Baser with the 15 off the bench. Portland, that's an embarrassing loss. 21 and 30. I know it's been a long road trip, but geez. 15 and 34 now for OKC. And finally, Golden State uh, beat Houston 122-108 in a game that was a bit closer than you expected. They sort of let them hang around. Like they're up third, they're up 18 in the third quarter, but Houston just kind of kept fighting back like all game. It was weird. They got it under five in the fourth quarter, but then Steph Curry. Oh, geez. Yeah, I guess you could say I'm back. He kicked, not only did he just kick the door down, he like fucking blew it off its hinges. Big shot after big shot. He hit 21 in the fourth quarter. 21 points in the quarter. It was incredible. And the Rockets just couldn't keep up, obviously, because uh, they don't have Steph Curry. <laughs> Holy shit. They do have Christian Wood, a.k.a. what ScoMo's got for blaming everybody else but himself for his horrible failings. 24 points, 13 rebounds, 6 turnovers for Christian Wood. He did go 5 of 9 from downtown, though. KPJ had 17 points, 11 assists. He went 5 of 9 from 3, but it was just a problem. Everybody else couldn't hit anything. 12 points on 13 shots for Eric Gordon. Jalen Green, 2 of 9 for his 10 points. But, yeah, I mean, when Steph's going for 40 and dropping 7 to 14 from 3, yeah, you're a bit fucked. Uh, 6 of 15 from Clay for his 14 points. He couldn't hit anything from downtown. He went 1 of 8. Uh, but it was all right. 23 for Andrew Wiggins. He would, did sort of a little bit of everything, did we go? Five rebounds, three assists, two steals, and two blocks. Had some big moments, some big buckets. And you're like, yeah, sometimes he does look like an all-star. JTA, one, there's only one. Toscano, Anderson. Yeah, 10 points. Jordan Poole hit a couple of threes. Houston, they dropped to 14 and 36. Oh, nah, man, but we don't need John Wall to play for us or Dante XMA. 14 and 36. Uh, and Golden State almost like flipping up and reverse it, 38 and 13. Now, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Now, most would say, oh, geez, Jimmy, Steph Curry went for 40 points and five rebounds and nine assists. He shot 13 to 23, and he went seven to 14 from downtown. He also scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. And I would reply, yes, that was an improved performance of the night. <laughs> but it wasn't as good as Ja Morant and the Tyrese Maxey duel that we got to see because we got to see basically two game-saving game saving insane buckets by both dudes. Jam around that and one that he picked up to tie it, uh, even though he missed the free throw. That uh, might have made it a bit more of a uh, change sort of result. 
He did tie it up, gets it to overtime, and then Maxi goes one better and scores those four points in the last 30 seconds of the game. But just that uh, downhill vibe of Maxi, it is like proto-Jar, right? It's he's, he's a bit bendier, he's a bit twistier, and he's just a bit funkier, whereas Jarmoresh is just a fucking monster who comes at you like a million miles an hour and hits just... The shot that Jarmoran hit to get that and one was absolutely insane. He was up in the air for a million hours, it felt like. And then he gets it to drop just by sort of throwing it up with the one arm and just it went in. It was unreal. And Maxi, like that go-ahead bucket, was just off the fucking hook. So between the two of them, where you've got the 37 points for Jar, the five rebounds, the five assists, the 15 of 30 shooting... Sure, the 0-5 from downtown is not ideal, nor are the nine turnovers, but he was awesome. He's like the reason the Grizz was still in it right there at the end. And Maxi with the 33 points, eight assists, but get this, four blocks for Tyrese Maxi. He and Matty T were causing havoc. 13-23 from the floor goes Maxi, one of four from downtown, six of seven at the line. Just a great jewel of two awesome young point guards. And hook that to my veins. I'm here for that. So that's why that's the NBA Australia approved performances. Of the night. Who is Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 of the night. There's plenty of Spuds today, I tell you that much. Herb Jones goes 0 of 7 for the Pelicans. He was a Pelican today against the Cavs. They lose by 3 and he went 0 of 7. Herb, mate, that is I'll tell you that much. Dean Wade, as I mentioned before, what you get when you cross a member of Ween with Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I were five for him, all of which were from downtown. So basically, they negated each other, did uh, Herb and Dean Wade. He had Mobley going one of seven in that game for the Cavs as well. Not ideal. Uh, yeah, Darrell Wright go one of seven for the uh, Hawks, Kakar against the uh, Raptors. And a bunch of other pretty bad shooting. I'd say that Mook Morris goes 4 of 14. 9 points, 0 of 3 from downtown. The Duckman goes 1 of 7. Bledsoe shot 5 of 13. As I mentioned, Anthony Simons, 3 of 16. Absolute shenanigans. 2 of 12 from downtown. But I think the really special one I enjoyed the least was Robert Covington. So, 34 minutes. Lord Robert Covington goes 0 of 5 from the floor, all of which were from downtown. Way to fill in the gaps there, Robert. Two points, four turnovers. And uh, the irony was I had been messaging with uh, our man, PDX Pete, basically our uh, West Coast correspondent up there in Portland, Oregon. And he's like, yeah, Covington, uh, do you reckon the Jazz will give us a first rounder for him? Like, there's no fucking chance. He stinks. He's been stinking all year. Talk about dudes who uh, you paid overs for and now you've really got buyer's remorse. Covington is exactly that, so... Anyway, uh, who's old mate no mates, though? Old mate no mates. Old mate no mates. Old mate no mates. Who's got no mates today? How about Doc? <laughs> I love Doc getting crapped on. It's like he does it to himself, but we mentioned this like with, on the weekend where Jason Kidd is like screaming for a timeout and the refs are basically just ignoring him. Some big old mate no mates vibe with that, but Doc Rivers, because he had been yelling at the refs, specifically all the way through that fourth quarter, I did appreciate the refs on that last play by Seth Curry, where he was pretty clearly fouled. They're like, nah, you know what? We know that Doc's used his challenge. 
fuck you, Doc. We're not calling it. And we're going to hit you up with a T. So this is not what this is a thing that I mentioned not in the actual uh, game wrap. The overtime started. That's right. The overtime where you go to an overtime when you are tied. The Grizzlies started the overtime up a point. How does that even happen? Doesn't that mean they've won it? Oh, Lord, I loved it because you start the next period with, like, a fucking extra point. It was hilarious. It was weird. Doc Doc Rivers versus the refs is, like, something I'll never get tired of. So definitely old mate, no mate uh, goes Glenn against the uh, refs. And to see Grizzlies, like, what is it, 116, 115 or whatever it was to start the OT, it's like, this doesn't make sense. How could it be overtime if they're not tied? (laughs) It was so weird. Pantsing of the night, though. Uh, this was a great sequence in that Cavs-Pelicans game. Right at the end of the first half, Rondo goes up for a three at the halftime buzzer, and Jackson Hayes just negates it. And he blocks it so convincingly, Rondo's still got the ball, so Rondo, as he's coming down, throws it off the back of Jackson Hayes' head. <laughs> just like, fuck a bang! Fuck you, man! It was wild pantsing on both sides. Like Hayes is sort of walking around going, did he just throw that in the back of my head? What a fucking prick. And Rondo's like, yeah, that motherfucker just pants me. I've got him back, though. <laughs> Fucking eye for an eye stuff. You love to see that. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, we will be in a little while, won't we, Lonzo, with the... Uh... With the knee, hopefully he's all right. Uh, but Brandon Goodwin, it was a good win today because of him for the Cavs. 21 points. Save their bacon. I'll tell you that much because there were so many times during this game where without Garland and Chetty Osman not being out, oh, he's another spot of the night, right? But Chetty did have 12 assists, so. But the shooting was just hilarious. 3 of 16, including 7 from downtown. Uh, but Brandon Goodwin goes 21 points. He went 8 of 11 from the floor. Three of four from three, two of two at the line. He had a rebound and assist and a steal. And that was awesome. And that's like the reason the Cavs basically got over the hump is that he kept them in the game. So, Brandon Goodwin, Brandon Goodwin, that's a good win. And today, you're better than Lonzo Ball. And I guess Tyrese Maxey and, you know, Jam right? But that goes without saying. All right, let's do some Yanars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some Yanars. They're brought to you by the DailyLiquor.com from East 9th Brewing. Oi, if you're in Melbourne, party time. It's bloody warm. It's time to get out there and drink some booze. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but don't go to the bottle and try to get the Omicron Percy I-8. Stand in line. Other people breathing near you. Uh, get the booze delivered to your door with the DailyLiquor.com. You've got beers, wines, cocktails, everything you need. All their party packs are unreal. They'll drop it off at your door. Rona free. And if you're banging the code STRAYER... You get a free six-pack of that amazing Dos Blocos XPA. It is one of the more drinkable beers I've ever come across. I love it. Uh, so go check it out. It's from the Melbourne metro area, and you get same-day delivery if you order before noon. So get around the dailyliquor.com right now. Get your knockoff sorted. 
Go smash that code Strayer and you get a free sneaky sixer on the side on your mate. Jimmy. Right, yeah, Nas, uh, this one was right off the top of my head. If the Knicks somehow land Dame Lillard, is that the funniest, most Knicksy shit you'll have ever seen? Yeah, nah. I mean, basically, right? Like, it's very par for course. Hey, we're the Knicks. We're a destination. Can we pay overs for the point guard who has passed it, please? We've only done it a million times before, Stephen Marbury. <laughs> like, holy shit. It would be hilarious. Kemba Walker. I mean, the problem with Dame being on the Knicks is like, you know that he's got enough there, but it just doesn't feel like the right team around him. Whereas at least with Dame and the Sixers, you're like, well, it kind of just kind of makes sense. So maybe, I'm just saying, maybe Portland should still think about that Ben Simmons and uh, whatever else needs to take, uh, you know, to convince them to get Dame out of there. But either way, the Knicks getting Dame would be fucking hilarious. Uh, would CJ McCollum be the perfect fit for the Pelicans? Yeah, nah. I mean, on the court, yeah. But it's still a bit of a Band-Aid fix, right? So, I mean, you're still getting a 30-year-old two-guard who's owed $100 bucks over the next three years. So, And as I mentioned, like, you aren't really able to get CJ unless you're getting other teams involved without moving probably. Look, you could probably happily move on from Devontae Graham because CJ McCollum is just a, an older more expensive Devontae Graham, basically. He's a better Devontae Graham. Go get me wrong. So he's like the guy that you're probably happy to move on from if you have to, but you don't want to lose Josh Hart. You don't want to lose My Name is Jonas. You want Zion to come back. And uh, at the moment, I mean, holy shit, it's a bit worrisome. Just the sheer lack of, like, radio silence we've gotten about Zion anyway. Uh, oh, man, i got, like, you know, injections in my foot and I'm going to go work out in Portland. It's like, all right, cool, man. <laughs> Jesus. Just chucking sicky after sicky. But, I mean, CJ next to Spindles Ingram at least sort of keeps you uh, a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more interesting, a little bit more funky. You know, you can piece together a lineup between CJ McCollum, my name is Jonas, and uh, Spindles Ingram. And you're like, well, maybe we've got a little something-something here. Get Zion back and off you go. It's just, it's a lot of money for a dude who doesn't really move your needle, I guess. You know, if you're the pals, so whatever. But he would be a good fit. He'd be a good fit on a lot of teams. Can shoot, can pass. Can't really play defense. Uh, anyway, Brad McKagan, Jimmy. Yeah, nah, this would be great. Off-season viewing and sent through the uh, the fact that the Tigers have got Wazagiddy and Gazy coaching their men's and women's teams, uh, which I fucking love. So yeah, nah, yes. And this is like a thing. Uh, when it comes to the NBL, right, we don't talk about it all the time on the old NBA Australia. It's literally in the name, NBA Australia. But the NBL, look, when United sort of uh, coalesced a bunch of uh, different teams' history into one, losing the sort of uh, Tigers brand, losing the Tigers name, etc., um, it sort of sucks. And like the actual, the NBL one, actually going, fuck it. Yeah, cool, we've got the Tigers. We'll get Gazy. And this dude was coaching the Kings the other day. He doesn't need that you know amount of time and commitment. Cool, in coaching like you know NBL one team, that's awesome. So I kind of love that because I think you're seeing it a little bit more in the NBL. Like making sure that you've got like a connection to your past is actually a really really important thing if you're trying to appeal to uh, the basketball loving public of Australia. And it's crazy to me that it's taken them that long to sort of really uh, drill down and go right. What do people actually want from us as a franchise? as a team, as a collective. It's like, yeah, 
to sort of acknowledge that <laughs> there's some fun stuff in the background that has uh, been, you know, that's behind why people love basketball, right? So I love it. So Tigers basketball, great stuff. Getting gazy, getting giddy the elder. I'm kind of here for it. So the NBL one, NBL one season, I think what Brett McKeegan says, this is great off-season viewing. Fuck yeah, it will be. So bring me some NBL one, NBL one South. I'll be all over it. So was a giddy taking over the women's team. Gazy takes on the men's program. It's going to be fun as hell. Pretty exciting. Next one, we got a couple from Jez Oz. I might do a couple of his other ones uh, tomorrow as well. So number one, hey, Shags, I'm hearing the old man vibes. I played a cricket with my son. Still can't walk properly. Yep. My shoulder is fucked. I've had two overs on the weekend. I'm ruined. Anyway, uh, first one, the Cam Reddish trade for a lesser player was the circuit breaker the Hawks needed. Yeah, nah. Yeah. So I kind of mentioned this on coming out of the weekend where they had, what, the seven-game win streak. It was the sort of combination of moving on from Reddish and uh, getting Bogdan Bogdanovich back, moving him to the bench, and just very clearly setting up a hierarchy on that team where it's like it's Trey, it's John Collins, it's Bogdan, and everyone else, just do your fucking thing. Capella, Okongwu, even DeAndre Hunter. We know you're good, DeAndre. You'll get your shots, you'll get your touches, just settle down. The tricky part is like Gallo and Lou will, you do wonder how long they will be for the Hawks. Like Gallo, the big problem with him is just been playing like shit all year. So if he can sort of snap back, the Hawks could be a bit of a problem. But yeah, like it is a good one. Like the Cam Reddish thing, it was the trade they always needed to make all season. They finally did it. Uh, and the other one, here we go. Yeah, Jazz, they should bring in King Daly, if nothing more than to reinforce the glue that Jingles is when healthy. Yeah, nah. I love this. I love bringing in Daly if you're the Jazz because you do need an Aussie on that court just to like get him sorted. The other thing is I wouldn't be surprised if the Jazz sort of do look around and go, hey, how's Dante going over in Barcelona? And then Dante gets the, uh, the call up from Barcelona and comes home to uh, Utah. And uh, he also adds in there, or should the Thunder bring in Delhi to help guide the youngsters through the rest of the season that could turn ugly if SGA doesn't get back soon? Yeah, nah, yeah. And like this is the thing. So Delhi was actually saying that he's like, you know, he's playing fucking really well for Melbourne United. And he's like, yeah, I'm just staying ready just in case, you know, there is the tap on the shoulder from the NBA stuff. And you're like, yeah. He and Exum, I think for both the Jazz and the Thunder, would be really interesting options, right? Like, the Jazz, they sort of just need that weird, unpredictable, uh, defensive-ish-minded point guard that can do a little bit of something-something that isn't Jordan Jeremy Clarkson where it's like, I am going to score, and that is all I am going to do. And, like, busted old uh, Mike Conley. Like, that was the thing. Like, Jingle sort of always gave them an escape valve, a, a bit of extra playmaking on the wings that they needed sometimes. Bit of point, Jingles. So Delhi or Exum would be a really good option, I think. And same for the Thunder. Like, without SGA, you've still got Giddy. He can run the show. But I still reckon, like, if you had just an old head in there with him, a Dally or an Exum, it'd be pretty good. And that sort of leads me to the big one. So the ACL confirmation today, everybody and their fucking dogs like, oh, well, that's his career done. That's his career done. What do you reckon, Jimmy? Is that it for jingles in the NBA? Yeah, nah. Nah. Look, I'm an eternal optimist. You know that. But really, I think Jingles' work ethic, what he means to that team, that franchise, those teammates, uh, that community in Salt Lake City, the Jazz are basically capped out already for next year, right? So Jingles comes off the books. 
They'll have to renounce his rights because he will have a massive cap hold. What he got paid thirteen million this year, so the cap hold will be up around the nineteen mil mark. Um, so they'll be a taxpayer next year already, uh, being already capped out and basically already hitting the luxury tax. Because don't forget, like the Jazz are a wildly expensive team. You've got Gobert, you've got Donnie Mitchell, you've got Mike Conley, you've got Bojan, you've got Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, you've got big numbers for those dudes. Even Royce O'Neal is making a shit ton. So they'll be in the luxury tax. So to bring back Jingles, you'll have the taxpayer mid-level, which doesn't really seem like it'd be an ideal use of that if you're the Jazz for a guy who's rehabbing. But I kind of feel like it's a vet minimum. Just bring him back uh, kind of vibe and let him rehab as a goodwill karma gesture. We all know, oh, the NBA's a business. You're not going to be doing it at a goodwill. But he actually might still be a really good, cheap option uh, if you can convince him to sort of stick around and uh, if he wants to hang out in Salt Lake City for the minimum which at his age and with his like years and years and years and years and years of being in the NBA is still like, you know, sits around over two and a half mils. So it's a bit of a pay cut, but I do wonder if the Jazz sort of just keep him around as a little bit of insurance, see how his rehab goes, and they bring him in as just a sort of cheap extra sort of body because with that much sort of those amount of uh, assets and that money allotted already to so big like, so many big contracts already. These are the little moves you're going to make around the edges. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back Joe. I'm just saying. Just saying. You know? Anyway, speaking of which, the unpopular opinion of the day, that might be it. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. But on top of that, I don't want Joe back in the NBL. Everyone's like, oh, now he can come home to Adelaide. He's like, he's not playing fucking for Adelaide. <laughs> First off. Uh, but I also, look, I don't want him back in the NBL for at least two years. I want him to cut, recover, help the Jazz as much as he can over the next two years at least. And then if he's still got a little bit in the tank, come home for like the 20, 24, 25 season uh, after we've won gold in Paris at the Olympics and he's got like another Olympic season. Maybe he can retire after the Olympics. Who knows? And he can come back for the NBL and hang out. Everybody does want him to come back to the NBL. I think try to eke out another couple of really big paydays in the NBA, mate. Holy shit. And look, it's all going to come down to what happens with the uh, the trade deadline if they move that contract anyway uh, of Jingles. And, yeah, if they want to bring him back. It's going to be really, really tricky. Fascinating to see what happens. Finally, Outback Takehouse. Tuesday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. I'm back on seek.com.au putting up new job ads for all my kitchen staff because it happens each week. Today's special gets loose, slaughters a bunch of my staff, and then i got to replace them. But I'll tell you what, it's worth it because that cassowary casserole is bloody delicious. And it's only at Outback. And today's flame grilled take is, you know what the jazz should do? They should put Joey Ingles in the broadcast booth. And this might not be a flame grill take, but I think Joe Ingles' number should be retired by the Utah Jazz and become the first Australian number retired in the NBA. He's already number one all-time in the Jazz for three-point shooting. He's top five in assists, top ten in steals, a fan favourite, a beloved teammate, represents all the good all the good things about the Jazz. 
So bloody do it, you cowards. Only. At Outback. Yeah, the more I had to think about that, I'm like, holy shit, I do wonder if Jingles' is, uh, number does get retired. The problem is, without them getting deeper and deeper and deeper in the playoffs, it does make it a lot harder, right? So, yeah. Either way, uh, really quick break. to be back with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Player Watch, Aussie Matty T in that win over Memphis. He was awesome. 33 minutes, 2 or 2 from the floor, 1 or 1 at uh, 3. So he ends up with 5 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal and a block. Did a little bit of everything. And then had the big, 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 big play at the end to save the ball from going out of bounds. Kicks it back in, saves some time. The big pass to Maxi. Boom, they win the game. But Josh Giddy in that win over Portland. I tell you what, no shy red of Gilgis Alexander. No problems, you still got Giddy up. And I'll tell you what, 14 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists and a block. He shot 5 of 12 from the floor. He missed both the threes that he took. He did hit all four of his free throws, though, which I love. Uh, he had four turnovers, but with that, the list of uh, teenagers who have played in the NBA who have had 500 points, 200 rebounds, and 200 assists in their first 45 career games, the list is LeBron James, Luka Doncic, LaMelo Ball, and giddy up, Josh Giddy. How bloody good is that? You love to see it. 500, 200, and 200 in their first 45 career games as a teenager in the NBA. There's only four of them, and Josh Giddy's now one of them. You little ripper. All right, the Shane Hill Shooter Shoot Shoot Your Shot Light Him Up Award. He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, for I'm healed. It is the Shane Hill Shooter Shoot. Shoot Your Shot Light Him Up Award. All right, we had a couple of good ones today because obviously uh, with Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr., going absolutely ham <laughs> for the Raptors. He smashed in a million threes, but we also had Strews. So Max Strews for Miami in a you know losing effort goes 9 of 17 from downtown for his 27 points. Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. goes 9 of 15 from downtown for his 31. <sighs> but of course, the Shane Hill shoot a shoot, shoot a shot, light him up, or it's got to go to Steph. 21 points in the fourth quarter. That's his most in the fourth quarter of any regular season game ever for Steph. Uh, the only four, fourth quarter that he's had more points in was when was it game six of the 2019 Western Conference semis. He had 23 in that one. So today in the fourth quarter alone, he went 7 of 10 from the floor and made four threes and had 21 points. So the final stats, 13 of 23 from the floor, 7 of 14 from downtown, 7 of 8 at the line, 40 points, 9 assists, one turnover. Shoot a shoot. Shoot your body shot, Steph Curry. You just got to do it. Right. Let's do the uh, Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Oh, this one just hurts my heart because it's just a great one from uh, Ricky Rubio uh, where he's just like talking about, you know, a bit of uh, Joe Ingles. And you sort of see it and you're like, oh, now I'm sad. So Rubio tweets out, Dot, dot, dot. Love you, Humano. We will be back at Joe Ingles 7. The key to success is playing the hand you were dealt like it was the hand you wanted. Love heart emoji. A picture of him and Joey on the team plane and then next to each other for the jazz. Rubio, 
you absolute legend. They were like roommates in Barcelona before they actually uh, played for the Jazz. So I love it. Like Rubio obviously hurts his knee. He's out for the season. Jingles does the same. Uh, it's a nice message from Rubio, isn't it? Now I'm just sad again. <laughs> Fucking hell. Tough scenes. Tough scenes in the NBA Australia office. All right, let's do some game previews, though. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, yeah, not bad. Like, at least the squid's um, daycare is uh, back up and running as of tomorrow. So, happy bloody days there, bro. So, of the nine games today, we uh, did not do great on the picks. And a lot of that was to do with, like, ins and outs that were uh, overnight. So, a bit of a tough one, obviously, when you're uh, making the picks a day before you know who's actually playing for the teams that you're picking. Uh, but I believe we got two wins out of the nine, so it's a bit of a rough one. So is that nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Oh, there's only eight. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, two of eight's not as bad as two of nine. <laughs> I'll take it. So two of eight for today. That leaves us at 429 of 748. That's all right. Tomorrow, though, we've got seven games. Pretty, pretty uh, weird slate as well. I'll tell you that much. New Orleans go to Detroit. So the Pelicans on a back-to-back. This is what I mentioned earlier. Uh, they're on a road trip and go to Detroit. The Pistons are half-point favorites at home against the Pelicans. And I think I have to take Detroit. They've been playing pretty well of late. Uh, they had the weird big win over the Cavs the other, uh, two days ago. The Pelicans are just looking a bit scratchy. They lose to the Cavs. Give me the Pistons. I think they can maybe back it up. Especially on the road for the Pals, it might be a bit rough. Let's go Pistons. Big K Cunningham game. Uh, Washington, they go to Milwaukee. I hear it's Algonquin for the good land. I think it's going to be Algonquin for the good land. The Bucks will win this. But the Wiz are 11.5 point... Fa- oh, actually, they're 11.5 point underdogs, and I just remembered that Brad Beal isn't playing. Uh, so maybe I'll take Milwaukee minus 11.5. Should have had that in the news. Forgot. <laughs> Brad Beal out for a couple of games with a uh, hand. Uh, so 11.5 point favorites. I'm going to go Milwaukee. They could smash Washington if uh, they don't have Brad Beal. But keep an eye on that one because if Washington play okay with Brad Beal again and if Spencer Dinwiddie sort of goes off, it's going to be a weird mix of like them going, right, we're going to trot out Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe trade him for something, or maybe it makes it a little bit easier for us to really sort of kick the tires in a Beal deal. You know? Anyway, so Bucks 11.5. Toronto on a back-to-back, playing Miami on a back-to-back. The Raps are 1.5-point favorites. I'm going to go with them just because I don't know who's going to play for Miami. Uh, if we've got no Larry, if we've got no butts, the Raps should feasibly be able to take care of the Heat at home. You just never know. But 1.5-point favorites, I'll just take the home team there. Chicago, they host Orlando. And the Magic Men are 10.5-point underdogs in Chicago. This should be the Vooch revenge game, right? Like... We saw it last week. They lost. It was hilarious. It's like, what is happening? Gee, Chicago. I think this is a big bounce-back game, and they fucking shit-pumped the Magic. So 10.5 points. Give me that for Chicago. Denver, they go to Minnesota. Minnesota, one of the most up-and-down teams you can find. Denver, like a little bit of a role at the moment. Joker's playing out of his skin. I'm going to go with Denver. They're 2.5-point underdogs on the road, but it's just up the road in Minnesota. Give me the nugs. Yeah. Golden State, they go to San Antonio. San Antonio, two and a half point underdogs at home. I'm going to go the underdogs. Give me the Spurs against the Warriors on a back-to-back. The Warriors might, you know, consider resting uh, Steph, maybe even resting, well, they'll definitely be resting Clay on a back-to-back. So I'll take the Spurs, thanks, plus two and a half. And then Phoenix, they host Brooklyn. So Kyrie, maybe Harden, we'll see how we go. 
Harden back in his old stomping ground of Arizona. Suns seven and a half point favorites. Brooklyn are just a bit of a rabble at the moment. I'll take the best team in the NBA, minus seven and a half. Thanks. And that's easy as you like. We'll see how we go. All right. Well, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be a late show tomorrow. Uh, we always do a sort of slightly later show on Wednesdays because we've got the squid all day. Uh, so in the meantime, though, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IGs, we're all over the socials, you know that. Check out NFL Australia. That went up today with myself and Gaz getting through the championship round, talking about some Super Bowl stuff. Uh, it was a really fun show, actually. A few beers in me and off you go. Check out World Wrestling Australia with Adam. He's talking about a wild, wild Royal Rumble this week on World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube. Go check that out. Follow FWCIA on Twitter for all the other stuff. NBAstray.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Whatever app you're using, just fucking rate and review us, would you? Come on. I don't ask for too much. Manscaped.com. Use the code Straya. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Straya there. TheDailyLiquor.com. Free sixer if you're banging that code Straya if you're in Melbourne. Drink responsibly. Be over 18. Knowable. Download that from the App Store. Bang in the code Australia. Get 20% off as well. All right, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Go check out their new band, House Hats. And, of course, thanks always go to Joshua Delorantis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex, Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. However you keep in touch with your bands, do so with those dudes. NBA Australia Sports Train Bands, so should you. And, uh, yeah. As I said, we'd usually close out with a Jingles HR, but out of respect for the great man and his uh, and his ACL, uh, we might leave that for next week, and uh, we'll try to wrap it into that and try to not make ourselves too sad thinking about it. <laughs> All right, so that's it for today. We'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? Prayers up for Jingles and late Ozen.